Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson and by Ray Garvin. Ray, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Doing well, Matt. You good? I'm real good. Yeah, All weather's right. beautiful. Just went for a walk, so can't complain. Nice, nice. We're going to jump right into it. We told you on last week's uh, player player profile, rookie profile, that we would be digging a little bit deeper, and that's what Ray has for us today. We're going to cover Joshua Kelly, the running back from UCLA. He's five foot eleven, two hundred twelve pounds, and if we'll get into value later, but this is definitely a guy you're going to be able to grab. As of now, at least, we know the draft can change things, but as of now, it's looking like a third rounder, maybe even a fourth rounder in dynasty rookie drafts. Uh, but but he's a player. There, there's some there's some reasons to like this guy, right? What what's kind of the general overall take on Joshua Kelly? Yeah, we wanted to dive a little bit deeper. It's easy to talk about J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor and the DeAndre Swifts of the world, where we know that they're going to get you know good draft capital. They are going to get an opportunity to probably see the field right away as rookies. But once you start to get in the Joshua Kelly range, I mean, you're you're, you're trying to find value at the position, players whom. And in my personal philosophy, when I'm looking at running backs like a Joshua Kelly, running backs like a Darrington Evans, who I've talked about a a little bit on Twitter, I kind of evaluate them a little bit different than I do a Swift or a Taylor, right? I, I know for a fact that these type of players, for me, they're not the complete all around three down threats, plug and play from day one. So I try to focus on a couple of different traits and can I see them potentially being you know, a backup, a serviceable backup who, if they were called to action for a couple of weeks a year, could they produce, you know, do they have one or two qualities, one or two traits that is going to keep them on an NFL roster for, you know, some years. And Joshua Kelly definitely has that skill set. He answered some questions. Uh, he, he's done himself a, a, a very good favor from the end of the college football season through the senior bowl, through the combine. He's really helped himself out. So I think he has a couple of traits uh, to his overall game that I think uh, will yield to some staying power at the next level. Pretty impressive uh, career at UCLA. Played just two years there. Uh, rushed for over 1,000 yards in each season. Uh, his first year in 2018, rushed for over 1,200 yards. Scored 12 touch, 12 rushing touchdowns in both of the past two seasons. Also so showed uh, some some skill as a pass catcher, 27 for 193 uh, in 2018, 11 catches for just 71 yards and a touchdown last season. So a little bit of a versatile player. What's a unique uh, fact or a stat you've got about Kelly? Yeah, so we we talked about his two years of production at UCLA, and before that, he was actually at UC Davis, okay? So he was an FCS player, and he was not heavily recruited out of high school. He had a decent high school career, nothing ridiculous like some of these incoming true freshmen, uh, B. John Robinson from, uh, that's playing at the University of Texas, nothing insane like that. But he was a decent high school player, but he had no FBS offers. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's the big schools, right? Division one, that's what we call it, 1A FBS. Uh, and his only FCS offer was from UC Davis. And at, at UC Davis, he was okay. Like he rushed for uh, 530 yards as a true freshman and then another 600 yards uh, in his sophomore season. But what's interesting is you don't really see a lot of players jump from FCS to Power 5 Division one. It's almost always 
you take a division one power five guy, drop him down to FCS, and then they go dominate and enter the draft. Well, Kelly was good enough to catch the eye of the UCLA coaches. So he actually transferred after a sophomore season, sat out in 2017, and then played, you know, right away as a redshirt junior and a redshirt senior. So hence the five years in college. So he had the talent to to jump up. And as soon as he got there, I mean, Ryan, you talked about it, for uh, 1,200 yards rushing in his in his first year at UCLA and then you know 27 receptions so it kind of shows me that he he may have been one of those guys in high school that just kind of flew under the radar but did enough at the FCS level to warrant division one scholarship and a starter's role and you know for that I, I like his that tells me that the guy will work right the kid will work hard and uh he he did well for himself at UCLA this is a little bit of it's very much box score scouting but just looking at the numbers Two, two years of production, one year, 11 games, 225 attempts, 12 touchdowns. The next year, 11 games, 229 attempts, 12 touchdowns. Throw in another one receiving this past year. I mean, I understand that touchdowns are not an easy thing to bank on, but that sure looks consistent to me over a 22-game stretch. Yeah, it's it's pretty consistent. And, you know, yeah, his, his rushing yards dipped a little bit. Uh, his final season as well as his yards per carry average and his receptions, you know, across the board it dipped. But like you said, I mean, over 1,100 yards from scrimmage both years, um, that, that's consistent. And again, a power five uh, conference with a guy who jumped up from a, a lower level of competition. So yes, very much. I mean, I'm doing the same thing, box score scouting when you're, when you're talking about that, but it is, it does show that he was consistent both years at, at an, at a higher level. Hey, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the data with Joshua Kelly. What do you have for us there? Yeah, and, and it's it's so different when you're looking at running backs, right? It's it's very it's an easier task to look at wide receivers and factor in market share and and all of that stuff. Running backs, I mean, if. if if the college team is worth any anything, then the running back isn't going to lead the team in receptions and receiving yards. But it, it was good to see that in his first season, he did command 13, almost 13 and a half percent of the team's receiving yards at UCLA. Uh, he, he did have a good dominator rating there over 30 percent. Uh, in his first season. And and even in his last season, his receptions dipped, only had about 6.28% uh, of the team's receiving yards. But he is a is a capable pass catcher out of the backfield. And a lot of the, I guess, knock or hesitancy with Joshua Kelly was athleticism. And you kind of look at him on tape and he's he's built thick, right? He's got a thick lower body. I mean, his BMI is almost 30%, which is which is pretty good for you, for you BMI truthers out there. Um, but, uh, you know, he's built very thick. And one of the big knocks was he's not that explosive. He, he's not that fast, but he went out to the NFL combine and ran a sub four, five, 40 yard dash and, you know, did well in some of the, uh, in some of the other explosion drills. So, I mean, he sort of answered some of those questions that were, were, were labeled on him and, you know, four, four, nine, although straight line speed, isn't the best indicator of fantasy success for the running back, or some people think it really doesn't matter all that much at all. He did answer some of those questions about his athleticism and speed. So uh, when you look at uh, his raw numbers on the ground and then you factor in what he did year one as a redshirt junior catching the ball and commanding 13% of the team's receiving yards, pretty good, pretty good data on, on Josh Kelly. When I became aware of him, and I don't watch a lot of college football throughout the year, was at the Senior Bowl. And he was great in the game, 
There was a lot of buzz of him during the week, although I hesitate at this position to get excited about senior bowl practices for running backs. But the more I watched him and more I watched him, I kind of thought, what don't we like about him? Yeah, and and that's that's another thing. So here's here's my sort of my philosophy with that. If if all the buzz and all the conversation about whatever player it is at the senior bowl in particular is positive or it's negative, right? Like everybody's saying the same thing. Man, this Joshua Kelly kid looks good. Man, this Joshua Kelly kid is has popped every day at practice. Well, that makes me that makes me take that, you know, I I'm going to value that because it's everybody who's there singing those praises. And that's exactly what we heard about him at the senior bowl. Everybody that talked about which running back really stood out. We were all excited to see Keyshawn Vaughn. Vaughn didn't participate, and that really opened the door for Joshua Kelly. You, you know, there were people who were even more excited about Eno Benjamin being there than Joshua Kelly in every single practice. And then he goes to the game, uh, ran for 105 yards, you know, led both squads in rushing. You know, it's it's little things like that that you, you take that into consideration with what he did at UCLA, and then you combine that with how impressive he looked at the combine to say, okay, well, like you said, Matt, well, what doesn't he, he doesn't really do anything. You can say he doesn't do anything spectacular, but he doesn't do anything bad either. And again, back to the original point before we even started talking about him, I am not evaluating Joshua Kelly like I am Jonathan Taylor. Like I'm looking at J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins. They're, they're, they're in two completely different categories. So within his positional ranking group, there, there's not – there's not much more you can ask for out of a running back. He's interesting to me just from what if he lands with the chiefs in the fourth round or goes to the Eagles and Miles Sanders get hurt. You know I mean? Like it gets on the field. He might be hard to get off the field at some point. You know I mean? I think he's kind of proven that through, through his career. And it's just a, an interesting quality prospect that I hope my favorite team lands him in the, in the right round. Absolutely. And I know we'll kind of talk about, you know, the desired landing spots. And I've got got an interesting take on that with some of these type of running backs in this bucket, you know, outside of the top four, top five guys. And Joshua Kelly definitely fits into that. But he's definitely one of those players where uh, if, if he gets an opportunity, right, if he gets an opportunity and we see it every single year in football where these players who, you're not particularly high on, but you're not really low on them. You're just kind of blah. And then they get in the game and and, and you can't get them off the field. Yeah. And you, NFL teams don't think like how we do, right? Like doggone it. The best player we, at some point we can't take this guy off the field, you know, whether he was a third round pick or a fourth round pick. Uh, if he gets an opportunity, I think he will. He, he's got an opportunity. He's got a chance to, to maximize that opportunity. And I think if, a player like Joshua Kelly maximizes opportunity that's given to him. He's got a good chance of seizing that at least for the short term. He just seems like he could easily become trustworthy. So folks, do you think you're smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? Well, here's your chance to prove it. Dynasty owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach, Dynasty owner is for the smart, elite fantasy football player, which you might just be if you're listening to us right now. There is no off-season in Dynasty owner. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, and every contract matters. Come do a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL players, contracts, and salaries. 
Then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie map, rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. The mobile app is in development and will be ready for download on iOS and Android in time for the rookie drafts this May. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more and mock draft for free, go to www.dynastyowner.com. Ray, you, you've hinted a little bit at what you've seen on film with Kelly, but dig a little deeper there. Yeah, so the, the big thing that, that jumps off of the screen for me, and we talked about his overall size and how thick his lower body is built, is he's strong. He's a strong, strong runner. Now, when you hear strong, that doesn't just mean running over defenders. He's, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about just truck sticking people. I'm talking about when he's got a crease and, and he hits the hole, arm tackles aren't bringing this guy down. He is not afraid of contact. He is not afraid to finish runs. You never see him sort of tucking and bracing for impact. You know, he, he is a strong, physical, one cut downhill runner that has enough wiggle, right? You know, he's not going out there and putting on a Clyde Edwards, Hilaire Juke show. He's not, he doesn't have the DeAndre Swift dead leg, but he can, uh, he does have enough wiggle to make people miss. And he's got that explosion evidenced by his 40 yard dash time at the combine to hit the hole, break through arm tackles and pick up, churn out extra yards. And for those of you who have not watched the UCLA Bruins play, it's not, it is not a, it's not pretty. It's not a fun offense to watch. It's just, it's, they didn't have a very good offensive line. They had a young uh, dual threat quarterback who was more run than pass. So there were a lot of stacked boxes. I know uh, UCLA's base formation, I believe was like two tight end, two tight end base formation. So they had extra blockers on that offensive line. So uh, he had to do a lot of uh, creating for himself, but uh, very patient. He's a patient runner physical downhill runner and at that size at 212 pounds you know he's he's somebody that's 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 not going to shy away from contact he is going to be able to break some tackles and he's elusive enough to make some folks miss and then Ryan we talked about you know the 20 plus receptions in this first season at UCLA he can catch the ball out of the backfield I believe he's a little underutilized in that role this year uh, with the Bruins offense Uh, they have another guy named Demetric Felton who kind of took over that a converted wide receiver running back that sort of took over that pass catching role, but it wasn't because Kelly couldn't do it. Right. Felton's a very talented player in his own right. So when you're looking at a guy with a, I call him uh, TDTs, three down threats, Joshua Kelly is a three down threat. Now he is not, again, I have to continue to say this because I don't know who's, who's fast forwarding through the podcast that I don't want, I don't want them to jump in and just automatically think we're lumping him in a category with Edwards E. Lair or Cam Akers who are, elite three down threats, but this guy can play all three downs at the next level. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball and listen, pass blocking. That's kind of up in the air. He'll learn that uh, at the NFL level. Right. I think it's, it's really tough to put player comps on, on some of these guys. I mean, the deeper we get into the draft and, and part of that is because we, we see less of them. We, uh, you know, we just hear less about them in general. Once you're talking about second, third round picks in, in dynasty rookie drafts, day two, late day two, day three picks in the NFL draft. But when you have watched Kelly, who does he remind you of? Yeah, it's it's tough when you get down this far because you, you start thinking you try to avoid ceiling level comps with players that you know are going to have 
fourth, fifth round draft capital. It'd be silly for me to say, oh, he's the next, you know, Alvin Kamara or something like that. But one that I've seen thrown around quite a bit is uh, Sony Michelle, right? I've seen hmm. Sony Michelle as a comp for Joshua Kelly. Um, and, and I can see it. Their, their running styles are very similar. If you go back and you watch Sony Michelle at Georgia, I mean, he was a very physical runner. You know, one cut, uh, he, hit the, he hit the hole pretty quick, uh, was physical in, in that aspect of his game. His 40-yard dash time was right, you know, right around what uh, Joshua Kelly's is. Sony Michelle ran a 4-5-4, Kelly a little bit faster. Uh, you know, college dominator rating, Sony Michelle showing that showed that pass catching ability different and, and they're right at the same size. Sony Sony was 5'11, 214, where Kelly is 5'11, 212. So when you're just talking about physicality, their physical comps and sort of what their games look like on film, I would say it resembles a lower version of Sony Michelle, right? And the the difference is the there's no way on earth that Joshua Kelly is going to get first round draft capital or second round draft capital. I think best case scenario for a player like him would be late third, early fourth. That's just sort of what I'm thinking right now. But when you're just talking about what they look like on the field, I'd say a, a, a discount version of Sony Michelle. And and maybe that kind of draft capital is what Sony Michelle should have had in the first place. Uh, it's kind of, kind of what we've seen over the past couple of years. Uh, you said you had something good for us on the on the ideal landing spot. What? Where would you like to see Joshua Kelly land to to maximize his potential? Well, I think you know as as much as we want these high level running backs to land on these premier offensive situations, the, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, uh, you know, hey, Matt, I, I know that you've gotten a little of my blowback with the Steelers and running back talk mm-hmm. lately. There's been a lot of chatter about Pittsburgh, uh, and you've said that before, that they're going to take a running back and they're probably going to do it early. But I, I really think that, that a, a team like Tampa Bay, a team like Kansas City, they're not going to use first, second round draft capital on the Swifts and the Taylors. It wouldn't shock me one bit if a player like Joshua Kelly was taken by the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth or fifth round. If they were taken, if a player like Josh Kelly, who shows that, you know, that three down capability taken by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the fourth or fifth round of the NFL draft. And if something like that, I I truly believe, I don't know if it's going to be Josh Kelly. I don't know if it's going to be an Eno Benjamin type player, but I truly believe one of these third tier running backs, second, third tier running backs are going to land in one of the situations that we continue to mock DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor and, and, and these guys too. So uh, ideal landing spot. Listen, he's a backup running back at best day one at, at, at the next level. He could fit. I mean, we can name 20 different teams that this guy uh, could be drafted by, right? The Steelers, the Bucks, the 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 Kansas City Chiefs. But I think more importantly for this exercise, I really think that it's going to be one of these type of running backs who land in one of these really good situations we're excited for. Yeah, I mean, I'm th- sitting here thinking Rams, Falcons, Bears. I mean, there's a lot of spots where it wouldn't be that hard to envision pretty serious playing time, maybe not as a rookie, but as a second-year guy. Yeah. Exactly. And, and Kelly did, if I'm not mistaken, I I think he did 
return some kicks at UCLA. I don't know how dynamic he was in that aspect mm-hmm. of his game, but you know, if if you if you're talking about a second or third string running back, he's going to have to play special teams somewhere. So with that type of four four nine speed, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they threw him back there. I mean, Ronald Jones was returning kicks for the Bucks, so it wouldn't surprise me if he got an opportunity to do that as well. And, and the way you describe him, it sounds like he has the tough competitive work hard mentality that maybe he's running down on kicks or personal protector on punts or, you know, gets a hat on game day somehow through teams. Yeah. If he wants to make the active roster, he's going to have to do that. When you're talking about any, any positional player, when you're talking about these third, you know, second, third, fourth tiers, they, they've got to have something else outside of just sheer running ability in order to have some staying power. So he does strike me as one of those guys that says, I'll do whatever, whatever it takes. And, uh, you know, before we got live, uh, Ryan was talking about some other people who were high on Joshua Kelly. And every interview I heard from this kid at the senior bowl was just like, glowing reviews from everybody where he was telling people, you sure you don't have any more questions for me? Like, you know, I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Just that type of that good mentality. And, and when you're talking about players like this, that you're taking late in dynasty rookie drafts, every little bit of information that helps me make that decision uh, that's positive about a player, I'm going to take it. Let's get into his dynasty value a little bit. And, and as we've already kind of alluded to, he's not, He's not going to be a first-round dynasty rookie pick. Uh, I, I guess, I don't know, maybe he could sneak in there. I mean, if he goes third round to the Chiefs, maybe he's a late first-rounder, but we're we're talking very unlikely. Right. Um, and, and maybe not even going to be a second-rounder. Right now, according to our brand-new ADP at Dynasty League Football, he is the 31st overall pick in our April rookie draft. So we're talking about a mid-third-rounder. In many of those, he slid – to the fourth round. So that's that's where his value is now. He's the RB10, which I think is is really spot on for what we know right now. A good landing spot could bump him up. Ray, you mentioned earlier, <clears throat> I think before we went live here, that you've got him as your RB8 in your current rookie ranking. So somewhere in that range, 8 to 10, 8 to 12, is where you're going to see him now with, with obvious potential to move up or down uh, based on what we find out three weeks from wow guys three weeks from today three weeks from this weekend no baby it's coming coming quickly uh in startup drafts uh, i mean this guy is is just a a dart throw very very late in dynasty startup drafts 215 overall according to our march adp we're still working on that april adp 215 overall that makes him the rb 69 the 69th running back selected uh just to give you a, a idea of some of the other players being drafted around or valued around the same range, Gus Edwards, Alan Lazard, and then a couple of other rookies, Jordan Love and Isaiah Hodgins. So again, we're just, we're just talking about dart throw territory at this point. I'd rather have him than Alan Lazard or Gus Edwards though, even, <laughs> All those even, even with yeah. the unknown, you know, maybe, maybe Jordan Love is a first rounder is a, a player you'd, you'd maybe rather take a shot on, but uh, other than him, Kelly is an easy choice over those guys. But again, just like when you get deeper in rookie drafts, when you get d- deeper in dynasty startups, the the range of value goes from maybe four or five picks or half a round to two to three to four rounds. You know, I'm, I might take Kelly in the in the 15th round and somebody else might not want him at all. That's That's the kind of gap we're talking about. 
Well, and I, and I think that's, I mean, you're talking about round 17, round 18 yep. at pick, you know, 215. And we see it every single year. And, you know, the, the fact that some of these players can't seize it for the long term is one thing, but Thomas Rawls comes out of nowhere. We've got years where Arian Foster, who was what well, Arian Foster was undrafted mm-hmm. out of Tennessee, had, was, had poor testing measurables. I mean, every year we see a situation where they, it, it seemed like the Green Bay Packers did everything in their power to give Jamal Williams every opportunity to seize that running back position. And even then, Aaron Jones was a fifth rounder out of UTEP. So there, you can do far worse than drafting Joshua Kelly mid to late third, early fourth in dynasty rookie drafts because he is a talented runner. He does have the production, and he did put on a good show at the combine. So that is a dart throw that I'm more than comfortable uh, taking in startup drafts or in dynasty rookie drafts. I mean, I'm not in any league where he's actually in the league yet, but I'm sure you guys are through Debbie and whatnot. I mean, I'd have a hard time coming up with 50 backs I would take ahead of him. I'd be all over trying to trade for Kelly at anything close to this price. Yeah. Yeah. He, for, for most part, uh, he wasn't really a guy who was on the Debbie radar this time last mm. year. You, if you played Debbie, you knew his name, but he probably wasn't someone you were spending a pick on, uh, unless you're, you're talking about a, a league that had six to 10 rounds of, of Debbie drafts each year. So even in Debbie leagues, he's a guy that's going to be available in, in upcoming rookie drafts or rookie auctions. It sounds like he makes for a good target. Ray, really good stuff about this deeper prospect. Joshua Kelly enjoyed it as always. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprints.